Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Hirsetter. And I'm Ted Zaleski. So this is our second anniversary episode. This is the kickoff of season two. Our first anniversary. First, oh yeah, I said that wrong. So we've been at this for a year. Actually, I think it was October 20th was our first episode. It was here at Exploration Commons. So we decided let's come back and do it in the same place for our season two kickoff. Slightly after the anniversary date because you were busy. I think you had to go somewhere. New York, maybe? Yeah, for uh, county credit rating meetings. Yeah, so it delayed things a little bit. I'm actually kind of glad that worked out because we got to get a couple of cool activities in that you will hear about this evening um, with those extra couple of weeks. And we got beautiful weather today, so much better maybe than what October 19th might have been. Maybe that's why people aren't here. <laughs> right? Too pretty to, to hang out here with us. Yeah. Ted and Lori, nice evening. We lost out. So we started talking about planning out this season two and what to do with this episode. One of the things that came to mind for us is who needed to be here. Uh, we've been doing this a year, but with a lot of help. We're two sides to the story, but if there is a theme for tonight, it is that we're not just two sides to the story. It takes a whole group of people, and there's one very important person who's not with us tonight, and uh, we really wanted her to be here. Um, her name is Lisa Picker. If you've listened to any of the episodes, you know how important she is to the show. So we found a way to have her join us uh, remotely uh, this evening. So. That's going to kick us off. Did you want to say anything before we hear from Lisa? Nope. Let's go to Lisa. Okay. Before we go to Andrea, uh, first, Lisa was more than just a little part. <laughs> you know, Lisa, Lisa has been in this before there was a this to be, be in. I had a lot of talks with her as we were thinking about what this was going to be. Might have even been before it became Lori and me doing this together. So. Might have just been when I was thinking about doing, doing something. Uh, so... Uh, it's hard to imagine this all having happened without Lisa. And bef again, before we go to Andrea, uh, you know, another partner here has been the Community Media Center, the CMC. They're the ones who are broadcasting this, who did our first episode. Uh, Director Richard Turner is standing over here by the microphone, and he just wanted to say a few words. Great. Thanks. Good evening, everybody. It's great to uh, be here among community. 
um, and to be one of the maybe many sides of the two sides to the story. Um, as the Community Media Center, we are very vested in trying to ensure that there's opportunities in our community for people to create digital media. And so while typically Lori and Ted might be doing this maybe in their garage or somewhere in their living room, I'm not sure where they do it, they don't have the benefit of an audience there. So when they said they wanted to be a, have, an, have an audience, I thought how great of an opportunity for the CMC to be involved and to extend that audience to everybody who's watching live tonight, uh, courtesy of CMC, and also then to be recorded and be able to see the visual side to this as well as the audio side. So congratulations to Lori and Ted. It's really great to be a part of this and going into your second season. Way to go. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. And, uh, and this recording will be available at the CMC, at Carroll County Public Library, and on our website. Yes. So you know, Andrea Burstler, the executive director. And I, I, I've always wondered what an executive director is versus a, a director. Now, she's, my job, I'm better. just a director. She's better than a director. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> to manage the directors, um, which is a little like herding cats, but not, not quite that bad. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just a term people make up because they need a title for their job. And chief cook and bottle washer is taken. So, mm -hmm. um, so I want to offer my congratulations as well. And Ted, I remember the first conversation because you came over to the library and you were talking about wanting to do a podcast before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And you and Lisa and I sat down and, and I could just tell you and Lisa were very excited about this project and the possibilities and we talked about what did we want to talk about, what did you want to do, was there anyone else you wanted to be in the podcast with? And I think then you and Lisa kind of had several other meetings and and started bringing Lori into the project, which was great. So congratulations. We were delighted to be able to support you in any way we can. Thank you. Um, including having you do a lot of your taping here in Exploration Comics. Yes, we're not in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> we are here mostly. We've done a couple of episodes on the road, in the car, blinkers on. Um, and so it, it's been wonderful to have not only the space to do this here, but uh, some of the friendships that have been developed of that will be part of what we talk about tonight. It's, it's really become quite a community. And, and, th and that's what we want, yeah. And, and this is our recording home. Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with it, if you go all the way to the back corner over here, there's a room that is a recording studio, and that's where we've done uh, 46 episodes, probably. 42. 42 of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, and of course, then you have your Angel Joe to help you with all tech of your angel. tech. Tech Angel, angel Joe. Yes. <laughs> Who is here tonight. Yes. And um, a tour of the facility is worth it if you haven't done so. It's amazing. Not just podcast, studio, but all sorts of other things uh, that you will see some slides on and hear a little bit more about tonight. We've not just been in the studio as of late. No, no. We've, um, and that was leads me to my first question. Can we talk about the episode that hasn't come out yet? Can we? Yeah. Um, there's a reason, it's funny, there's a reason Lori's wearing gold, and you're going to find out what that is in a minute. So we recently recorded an episode of Two Sides in the Kitchen uh, here at Exploration Commons. And two we, Sides to the Plate. Two Sides to the Plate. I love it. And we had a cook-off between Ted and Lori. Based upon their wardrobe this evening, can you guess who won? Gold medal. <laughs> How much fun was that? It was so much fun. Um, cooking is something I enjoy about as much as I enjoy reading. So to put the two of them together was a blast. 
Um, and just to give you a little bit of backstory, our thought was we come, we record the show, and we've gotten to know some of the staff. And one of the staff members, Nancy, who runs the kitchen, was sharing with us that she's been in a couple of cookbooks. And I thought, well, we can make that a tie-in to the show because this is all about reading. What are you reading? There's so many things. Cookbooks are a book. And I was like, let's put you on an episode and talk about that. Maybe it'll attract a different group of readers than what we have. And she said, okay, great, let's set something up. So we came and we sat and her and Candace, who is the manager here, had a whole different idea. They wanted us to go in the kitchen. They wanted to turn the table and instead of two sides to the story, make us two sides to the plate. Mm -hmm. And there was a guest of a, a panel of judges that were foodies, restaurant folks and important people in the community. And we got to cook for them. We got to interact with them. Uh, we got to hear their second plate request. Literally, Ted run out of pierogies because they were so good. And they were really good. Was looking for <laughs> more. Can we have seconds? Lori's not talking loud enough. That's a big surprise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, it was a great time. Uh, I think we made some new friends out of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was wonderful to be able to sort of just spread the word about the places that are here, but also the area businesses. Um, one of the things that we like to support on the show is supporting local independent bookstores, but supporting any local small business is something that all ties in together. So it was a wonderful event. Did you enjoy it at all, Ted? You, I, you, I was you crushed. <laughs> He almost walked out of the room at the first five minutes. Yeah, actually, I, I did walk away. And they In the very beginning, they said what we were going to cook. They, they said me first. I was going to do pierogi. And then they said, Lori is going to do ceviche. And everybody started clapping for Crowd ceviche. went wild. I, I, I walked behind the... Uh, the, the kitchen area and disappeared for, for a little we while. I was kind of worried he was going to get lost I, back I, there. I cried for a little bit, but I, I pulled it back we together back and came, came back. It was, it was a strong showing. It really was. It was very close. It was very close. I, yeah, I mean, I, you I figured there were, a slim there were nine judges, and, and Lori won by 10 points. So that's a point a judge. That's really not that much. And I had some friends in the audience, so they may have voted. She stacked for me. the deck. I did. Okay, a now bit. we know. Yeah. All right. So moving on, you all have had an opportunity to meet so many people since starting this. Yes. Some of them have been very famous people, like John Walter, and Ira Marks, and Patty Callahan, and some of them have just been normal, everyday folks. Some of them even local. Mm -hmm. Of all those people, I'm going to make you choose one who has made the biggest impact on you personally. Oh my. And why? Are you going first or me? I can. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ted. Get a word in I'll here. I'd be surprised if we pick the same. Um, I, I'd go with Patty Callahan. Um, it was an interesting thing. Uh, we had an office exchange, Christmas office exchange, and the woman who got me, I think, probably had no idea what to get me. Somebody else said, Oh, here's a book Ted might like. She gave it to me, and it was called uh, Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty Callahan. It's, I didn't know the author. I didn't know the book. But I ended up really, really liking it. And it's one I actually then said to, to Lori, you need to read this, this book. And then we ended up interviewing Patty. It was a, a remote interview, so we didn't get 
together. But then um, I read, I believe, five other books of, of hers. Uh, one of them is called Becoming Mrs. Lewis. This is C.S. Lewis, writer and philosopher. Uh, and Once Upon a Wardrobe revolves around the book of C.S. Lewis's um, uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I remember talking with her and saying, uh, Once Upon a Wardrobe couldn't have happened without becoming Mrs. Lewis. Then she wrote another book now called uh, The Secret Book of Flora Lee, which carries some of the same ideas again, although it, it changes. Uh, we've been talking with Patty. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to interview her again. She's agreed she wants to do it. We just need to, to find a time. But then just a few weeks ago, uh, Patty and two other authors who are part of a group called um, Friends in Fiction, they have a very, very successful podcast. You know, we number our followers in the hundreds. They've out, they're in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, but I got to meet Patty. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun getting to meet her, you know, after having read the books and talked with her and all. Lori? So you gave me a little more time to think about mine, so thank you for going first. It's really hard because we've met such amazing people, and it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. So I will just, you said the one that made the biggest impression. The one that made the biggest so impression on that's, you. That's how I, how I chose. Um, Ted has been for a long time being the MC for Battle of the Books, which is a kid's reading competition. And uh, he's done it solo, I think. Have you ever done it with a partner before? So this year, uh, we did it together as two sides. And uh, it was wonderful to be part of it. I was part of it before when my son was on a Battle of the Books team. Um, and this was the second time that I had attended. And to do it in front of the group, to be the one asking the questions, to uh, see the excitement in the room from a different lens was really cool. And we got to interview the winning team at the end. And it was a group of four, five young ladies five. Um, called the Reading Red Pandas 2.0 because they had <laughs> competed the year before. And this was their second year, and they won. And we got to interview them at the end. And these were fifth grade young ladies. They were amazing. Uh, just the energy from them, hearing them talk about their reading as youngsters, uh, what they plan to do next. It was just a highlight of the season for me. And I have to tell you, it has inspired things after the fact. Um, and that's coming up is um, I've always been a big fan of children's books. One of the main goals of our show is about promoting children's literacy. And uh, to see it live like that, to spend time with those young ladies, just ignited that for me even more. And uh, it's, it's a new mission for me. I am thinking about writing children's books. I wanna do something more that's related to, to kids and literacy. And they were the launching point for that. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. With the Reading Red Pandas, my favorite moment in that interview was near the end, one of the girls said something like, and now we could just read whatever we want. <laughs> that's, Fantastic. That's a women. great story. They're both wonderful stories. Um, and this is not a question I have, but it's something that kind of just occurred to me. Yeah. Carol has such a rich reading heritage. It has mm -hmm. such a, a we, we, we always joke about there being a community of readers. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to get 
you know, big authors yes. here and that sort of thing. This is something that's contributing now to that culture. How does that feel? It's incredible. I mean, it's hard to know what impact you have. You know, people will say things to us. You know, I've had friends recommend books, make your bed. I love it. Um, I've had people say, why don't you do a show about XYZ? Um, and then when you get people come up to you and, and say, I'm reading this because of you, that's a good feeling. Um, our tech angel, Joe, was a non-reader. If you don't watch the show or listen to the show, there's one that I would recommend. It's called The Joe Show. The Joe show. And it's about his journey from I hate reading to I enjoy it. And it was because conversations that we had with him that inspired that. And by the way, we have a table of books over here that's sort of a review of the year. It's a little time capsule of some highlights of the season. One of the books on that table, those are mine, you can't have them. Um, we have book giveaways on that table don't, over there. Don't touch Lori's books. <laughs> it's, not, it, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially children's books. It's a little selfish. Um, but one is called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And that is the book that we recommended um, to our friend Joe. And he loved it. And now he's reading a much harder book. So anyway, yes, it's a great feeling. How about you? Uh. I'm not sure I've ever thought about it quite. Well, quite and Ted, way. you've been such a part of this for a long, a time. long time. I mean, even before the podcast, you were doing author interviews and you were part of the battle, you know, the MC lineup for that. It's, it's, it all contributes to this wonderful culture. So, you know, what is that? I mean, now that you've thought about it, what are you feeling about that? Um, I, I, I guess I mostly have come at it from the other way. I'm just glad to be part of it more than thinking that I'm, um, I'm doing something, you know, a story that's been told before, but um, Lynn Wheeler, the former director of the library sitting Who's here, tonight? here um, you know, has been a big part of creating this reading culture in, in the county. And we're, we were leaving a, an author event. I don't remember who the author was now, but I was walking by... Uh, uh, Lynn and I said, you know, Lynn, if there was ever a chance for me to do one of these interviews, I'd, I'd like to do that. And it didn't literally happen this way, but it kind of felt this way. Like three days later, I'm on a stage in front of 250 people interviewing Daniel Silva, who has had a string of best-selling books. And Be careful what you ask Lynn for. <laughs> that's the, that's the moral. <laughs> and since then, I haven't counted them up, but I guess I've done maybe 30, 36 uh, author interviews. Well, weren't you saying in one of the podcasts that you actually ran out of shelf space for the books? Yes, I've been I've been putting all the books on one shelf. They no longer fit in the <laughs> shelf. Now there's four four interviews now that Lori and I have done together yeah. as part of the podcast. But even at that, there's still a couple I've done just on, on my my own. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's just good to be part of it all and. You know, some of the things we're going to be talking about now, just the, the, the spinoffs of the stuff we're doing mm. and, you know, where it goes. And maybe the big theme of first year, I think, is, you know, who saw this coming? <laughs> so, so much unexpected has happened to us. And, and, and almost all of it has been great. I mean, some of it's been good, but the rest of it has been great. And, and like Lisa said, I'm just really glad to have been able to be along for the ride for this first year. 
Um, I got one more one more big question for you, and then a couple of very short ones, and I see if we can squeeze them in. The big que question is this: This project has, as we're saying, become a great deal more than either of you may have anticipated. It's it's gained a life of its own, mm -hmm. um, and it's all all in the best ways. What's one thing you haven't gotten to do yet that you really wanted to, mm. and you just one thing that you haven't gotten to? You can't give me your laundry list. Okay. Okay. That that you're like, okay, this has got to happen in in season two. Go ahead. You go first. Interviewing Lynn Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we thought we would do that in the first month. And here we are 13 months later and still hasn't happened. It's because she's here. You know, it's like, oh, we'll do Lynn. We'll do Lynn. You have to stick around a long time now, Lynn. <laughs> are you sure you want that? <laughs> Absolutely. That is where I was going to go first. So I'm glad you picked that one first. That is absolutely a must have. Um, Lynn Wheeler is an amazing person, professionally and personally, and I can't believe we've gotten through this first season without spending some time with you. Everyone knows you, but maybe some of our audience doesn't, and they need to know you, because it's a privilege. So um, I'm going to go with another amazing person in our library community, um, Debbie Scheller. She is the owner of A Likely Story. It is the bookstore in Sykesville. Um, she is such a huge partner with the library. Um, a lot of the events that are put on in this area are related to her in some way. Um, she is a force, mm -hmm. much like Lynn Wheeler is a force. And we have been to her store. We've been at events with her. But we haven't got to sat down and talk about her story. And uh, she's. And a, a dynamic person, she's such a benefit to this community. And at least I know that she was recognized recently. There is she something was. called Light of Carol, and she was a winner of that. Um, there's a long list of amazing people who are in that, and she is on that list. And um, I think that's just um, something we would like to um, celebrate with her and s somehow put together an event that, that lets us spotlight her. She's always spidelating everyone else, and it would be nice to turn the table and do it uh, for Debbie. Oh, well, count us in. We'll be we're glad doing to help it? you Okay, with well, that. then we're going to make that happen. Yeah, Debbie is an amazing person. Yeah. Yeah, not we that Lynn's not. But <laughs> we, were, we were at an event. Um, there's a restaurant in Sykesville called um, Beck's. Mm, best and, wings ever. And we were, um, and <laughs> we had some people from, not we, Debbie had some people from uh, publishers talking about their recommendations for, for, for books, and they went through and talked about maybe 10, 12, 12 books. Then Debbie get, gets up and says, uh, all right, let me tell you about the really good books now. She saved all the best titles for herself. Yeah. Um, she is, she's amazing. Her knowledge of books is incredible. And she's genuinely a nice person. She is. Which is one of the best compliments you can give anybody, mm -hmm. I think. That's wonderful. Well, I'll look forward Andrea to it. Andrea never said that about me. <laughs> <laughs> Not to you, I say to everybody else, Ted. Yes. Um, absolutely. And so my quick questions are this. I want, I want two titles from you. Mm -hmm. One is, what is at the top of your to-be-read pile right now? Mm -hmm. And two is, what's one title you tell people, if you haven't read this, you have to read it? So I want two titles. One is, what do you tell people, if you haven't read it, you, ha you have to read this? And the second one is, what's, what's basically what's going to be your next book to read? What's at the top of your to-be-read? Okay, I'll go first this time. Um, there is a book that I was given as a gift from a gym friend, and I haven't gotten to it, and I've talked about it on the show at least two or three times, and it's still in my to-be-read pile, called The Alchemist. Who's read it? 
hands. All right, well, I will let you know on the show what I think of it because I am going to read that book. It has been extremely busy with this podcast, very surprising, but there is not enough time to get daytime job done and the podcast and have a social life. So the book pile has gotten rather big. And one of the things that we've done this year is something we call good book hunting. Uh, we have, I have bought a lot of books this year. Uh, you said your shelf is full. I have this amazing cabinet and it was empty and it is now completely full and, and it's books to read. But The Alchemist has to come first. Okay, and then the second question was, who, what would I recommend is a book you have to read? Um, Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey. You have it. <laughs> he has my copy. So this is the book that I've recommended to people, and I'm waiting to give it to other people when you're done. So <laughs> I'm sure the library probably has a copy of I it, bet. too. <laughs> How about you? Okay, the book to recommend is an, an easy one for me. Uh, there, there's a, a book that is the one I've recommended to more people than any other book. It's a middle grade book. Now, a lot of people will say, well, why do I read a kid? Oh, I bet Lori and I already know what it is. Mm -hmm. But this, this is really, really good. And there's somebody in the audience who got this book last year. Denise. And she <laughs> read it and loved it. It's called uh, The War That Saved My Life by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. Bradley, Bradley. Uh, it, it is so good, and I say you know, it can make you despair for how horrible people can be. It can make you feel wonderful about how great people can, can be. It's a story of perseverance and, and struggle and, and overcoming. Uh, it, it's really good. For next to my list, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit off of your path, and I'm going to uh, share with you a failure of the next book on my, my list. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, as we've been going through this podcast, somewhere along the way, I said, there's something I've been meaning to read for years and years and haven't done it. It's um, called uh, Remembrance of Things Past by Marcel Proust, mm -hmm. or um, in, Search of, in Search of Lost Time, it's sometimes called. So I said, I'm going to read it. And it's three volumes. It's a lot of, it's okay. a lot of reading. And I started it. and. For not for the first time. I said, no, I'm not going to read this. And I'm, I am somebody who, I start books, I finish, I finish them. Mm -hmm. It's just how, how I am. But I said, no, I'm not going to do it. Something else that was covered in a podcast. Yes, it was. <laughs> do you have to finish a book? So then I said, okay, so I'm not going to read that. Moby Dick. I've never read it. Now I'm going to read it. And I started reading Moby Dick, and I said, oh, my gosh. You're falling <laughs> apart. This I really enjoyed Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so much time talking about stuff that isn't going anywhere. And there's literally parts, large parts of the book that he stole from other people's nonfiction and stuck in it in his novel. So I, I, I said, no, I'm not reading Moby Dick. <laughs> you know, we're not going to be able to do a podcast about reading books if you stop reading books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, those are both great recommendations. Um, and I think that's pretty much all the questions I have, and I want to respect our time. I know, right? Um, <laughs> on the hot seat. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on exactly. That, that could be my next podcast, right? On the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're so, getting you on the show too. Oh, you know. yeah. Well, we I'll be know after. What our episode is. I'll be after Lynn, Lynn and, and Debbie, and Debbie, and that means I might make season four. So at this rate. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you both very much for Thank being you. willing to be interviewed instead of Happy being the interviewers. It. I will turn the rest of the time over to you all. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. So, so well, I wanted to mention just briefly, I said it real quick, but I want to just say because there is a book giveaway tonight, and there are books over there on that table. So this is, you know, feel comfortable to get up, move around. You have to listen to us talk the whole time. Um, if you want to get up, take a look at the books. If you win, which one you might want. We'll talk a little bit about them, but I just wanted to say that. And cupcakes and water back at the table, so feel free to get up and move around. And then also the, you know, Lori's memory lane over on the other side. All right, you want to dig into the content? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned good, good book hunting. Yes. And we're going to kind of start out with what we thought this was going to be when we, when we started. And even that was, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, we knew we had it. You know, we had a, we had a lot of talks about what this podcast was going to be, <coughs> wandered around through a lot of possibilities. We ended up with some ideas that we thought it was going to, to be. One of them, Lori said, good book hunting was uh, one piece. You want to talk a little bit about what we thought that was going to be and maybe what it's turned out to be? Sure. So we knew that uh, the search for good books was going to be a segment of the show. Um, it was named by Lisa Picker, the one who did the introduction for us there at, at the start. Um, that was originally going to be the name of the show. But that was all about traveling to bookstores, um, picking books for each other. And we just learned that it was going to be very difficult to do that exclusively because I love to travel, but with everything else going on in life, it's hard to get around. So we limited the scope and said, well, it'll be a piece of the show, not the entire show. And at first we thought, you know, well, we'll be Carroll County. There are three um, in Carroll County local independent bookstores, and we'll hit those, and then we'll take it from there. Well, we took it from there, and we ran with it. And I may have been the first to really go further away with it. Um, I took a vacation to the northern neck of Virginia, and I fell in love with the area and visited some bookstores and met some book people, and it just sort of kicked it up a notch that we then started, oh, we want to go to all the places. So together and separately, we have been to, I don't even know the number, but it is more than 30 easily. I would say somewhere between 40 and 50 stores uh, this year. And the people that we've met, the places that we've been, we have covered Maryland, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and you went to North Carolina. That's the furthest. And Delaware and, and New Delaware. Jersey. I forgot about Delaware. And you did the book festivals in New Jersey. Yeah. And bookstores. So uh, we're going to get a bus, and we're going to start traveling, and we're going to do it full time. I wish. Um, but it, it's definitely an enjoyable part of what we are doing. And it's really fun to hear from other people who have said, oh, you have to go to this one. Um, this is one I really like. And wherever I'm going, wherever I'm visiting, traveling, I'm looking for the local bookstore because it's so cool to do that, supporting them, first of all. But the people that you meet, it's just a, a great part of it. And we have people who do some traveling, visit bookstores, who mm -hmm. have shared with us uh, where, they, where they are. Uh, we have a couple people. Who are walking in the room right in the now. Room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
who have done that. And, and we'd love to have that from others. You know, if you visit a bookstore somewhere, uh, send us a picture, send us a couple lines about uh, we're at such and such a bookstore. Yeah, we really, really like it. And um, just like last year, we've failed on letting them know when they're supposed they to be They figured it out. They've been they're moving it doing just Doing a good fine. job, though. Thank yes. you. But maybe go to libraries now. So I think um, in the beginning, we probably were really focused on bookstores. Just bookstores, yes. Uh, it's become a lot more about libraries, not instead of bookstores, but just in addition, in to. addition to doing doing more. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've visited a, a lot of libraries, too, and met a lot of people in, in libraries. Yes. Yeah, we met one lady. We went to uh, the Northeast Library in Cecil County for uh, the Cecil County Children's Book Festival. Uh, met a lady named uh, Sabina, very, very outgoing and friendly kind of lady. And uh, she actually worked in um, Talbot County in Easton. Two weeks later, we went to the Chesapeake Children's Book Festival in, in Easton mm -hmm. and got down there. First thing I did was go try and find Sabina. You know, has anybody seen Sabina? Yeah, she went that way. Has anybody seen Sabina? She went that way. Like a so bolt of lightning. Found her. <laughs> and, but when, when we got, got up to her, it's like um, she greeted us like long-lost family. You know, we had met her one time and, you know, spent a, a half an hour with her or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it keeps happening to us. We meet people and people connect us to, to other people. Libraries lead to other, other things. And that's a connection with Andrea, who was up interviewing us a few minutes ago. She sort of kicked that off for us. When we went to the Cecil County um, Book Festival, uh, she was uh, greeted almost immediately by Morgan, who was their uh, executive director, and took us on a tour of their building. It was spectacular. Uh, we have lots of photos and videos out there of, of that. Um, and it gave us a look behind the scenes at some things, and it just, it really was a, a fun experience. And then we had a conversation with Andrea after that about some of the coolest library locations in Maryland. Um, and she mentioned a bunch. Uh, Crisfield is on the list that has just a, an amazing branch, comes to mind immediately, and there are several others. Um, so part of our planning for this next season is which ones do we try to get to? Yeah, and, and Lori mentioned getting a tour when we went to Northeast while they were having this book festival. We've had this happen to us re repeatedly. You know, people who take time to mm -hmm. spend with us while they've got other stuff going. You're famous, Ted. Yeah. Um, you know, at that, at that festival, it, it happened when we were in Easton for the Chesapeake Children's Book Festival. Same thing happened. We ended up getting a pretty in-depth look at what the, the Maryland room in the Easton Library. And also in Easton, we were in a bookstore called uh, Vintage, and the manager of the store spent time with us, took us, there was a room behind the store and then a room behind that room. There were people in the store, and she took us back, and she's showing us these newspapers mm -hmm. from the mid-1800s, and she's pointing out uh, you know, these slavery sales and articles about the Civil War in, in Easton. And uh, yeah, we, we, we just find this happens all the time. You know, people just mm -hmm. give us time that does not seem reasonable to expect. 
So uh, after libraries is, uh, we're gonna go quickly through this next part, which is little free libraries. And there are just a handful of you that were here for the very first episode, and which um, my friend Sharon, um, who's not with us tonight, but she asked the question. So besides the Bus People Project, which was uh, the group that we wanted to donate to in our first year, it was on our website, what else do you have in mind as far as community service type of uh, projects? And I made the comment then that I'd like to see more little free libraries in our community. We actually have a fair amount, um, but it's, you can never have enough. So I said I'd like to see that. And so part of this first year has been us kind of with an eye on that, that when we go to bookstores or we go to a cool little town or a library, is there a little free library? And we have quite a collection of pictures of that. And I've had people send me pictures from Ocean City, a little free library, and, and some others um, that people have seen. So I'm not going to go too far into this yet, but I will say um, tonight we're going to talk a little bit more about little free libraries and how they're going to be a, an important part of season two. And a really, really good story. Yes. So on the next slide. Um, this next section is something we borrowed from a bookstore in Asheville, North Carolina called Malaprops. They have their newsletter is called um, Shelf Awareness. And when, the first time I saw, actually I saw this before the podcast, but somewhere yes. along the way yeah. I said, geez, what a good name. Why didn't I think of that? So we borrowed it. And uh, that's one of the places Ted went on his North Carolina trip. So there are two episodes, Ted's Excellent Adventure, part one and two, is all about his uh, trips to Asheville, North Carolina, including Malaprops. I so visited anyway. eight different bookstores and did interviews with people <laughs> in four of them. I often say Ted has his black belt in reading. I don't know where I am. I'm going to say I'm yellow just because I like the color yellow. <laughs> um, but there's just, it's hard to compete with his level of readership and um, go after bookstores and uh on an adventure. You'll have to tell them about your um, book festival weekend coming up. So anyway, shelf awareness. Shelf awareness is what you read and why. And that's definitely been a, an interesting development for, for me this year. I had every intention to expand my horizons on what I'm reading. And you will see in the slides upcoming that I did not. So anyway, before about mine, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I well, think we'll talk about mine. Your slide is first. <laughs> you, you have gone. You have gone places. It's just more recently you've become kind tunnel of vision. Yes. Okay. Sometimes people will will ask. So, what are you reading? What What do you think I should read? And we've been very, very clear from the very from the beginning of all this. Uh, we're not here to do book reviews. We're not here to tell you what you should read. Now, sometimes we're going to mention books that we think are worth reading or say, well, if you like this, maybe you like this. But um, just on the idea that sometimes people want to know, here's, a, here's some books. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. But these are a variety of books that I thought were worth mentioning for different sort of reasons. Wise Gals is about women in the very early CIA. Very, very interesting stuff. This, this is a nonfiction book. Becoming Mrs. Lewis, I, I mentioned Patty Callahan. Um, the book I really love, Beyond the Wardrobe, doesn't happen without this book. Secret Book of Flora Lee, also Patty Callahan. That's the one we're working on setting up an interview. High on the Hog by Jessica B. Harris. This is about um, 
the impact of African food on Southern food, uh, just really, really interesting stuff. I mean, if, if you like eating the food, you know, maybe you'll be interested in learning where some of this stuff came from and why it ended up the way it did. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Uh, some of you might know this from a Netflix movie. I think it's probably more, more well-known for the, for the movie. I was aware of it. I'm not sure I'd ever watched the whole movie, but I'd seen parts of it at least. And I was in the Greyhound, a, a bookstore in um, uh, Berlin, Maryland. And I was just looking around and looked up and saw, saw it and said, oh, maybe I'll try it. Really good book about um, German occupation of an Guernsey Island during World, World War II. Uh, the View from the Cheap Seats by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's an author I really, really like. And this is a series of uh, talks he did at colleges, essays he wrote, introductions to books he wrote. Uh, if you like thinking about writing and reading and everything that goes along with it, this is really, really good stuff. Fairy Bargains of Prospect Hill. This is a book I just read recently, and I kind of threw it in because my reading often goes back to fairy tales in some way. The fairy tales we all know as traditional, traditional fairy tales, um, retellings of fairy tales, uh, fairy tales told in different ways. And, um, and, and this is one that kind of took, I think, some unusual ways of looking at it that I hadn't run into before. And Biography of a Phantom, uh, for, for lovers of root music, there's a guy named Robert Johnson, who's very important in the blues scene, but impacted many others. Uh, very little was known about him. This guy, Mac McCormick, spent years trying to find out about Robert Johnson. And he never published the book. He died. And, but it was just recently uh, published, the work that he did. Very, very interesting stuff. The list of books I've read is much longer than this, and many are much are interesting as well, but we're not going to take up all the time talking about what I've read. One quick thing on his list, Wise Gals is one of the books that uh, we are giving away tonight, and it is a signed copy. So on the next slide is my list. It looks a little different. They are all children's books. <laughs> now, to be fair, I did not read exclusively children's books this year. There were some adult titles on the list. Some of them were related to interviews that we were doing, so sort of required reading. But it does expand your horizons when something is, you know, put to you to read that you may not otherwise have. Um, and I think a great example of that is Once Upon a Wardrobe. I generally don't like to read books where something bad happens to children. And spoiler alert, something bad happens to a child in this, uh, in this book. But it is a beautiful book uh, if you can push past it and get your tissues when you read it. So, but I will say, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago about the Reading Red Pandas 2.0 and how they inspired me to be on a track with children's reading. And I never would have expected that we started this show, Two Sides to the Story. It was kind of general differences, guy-girl, nonfiction-fiction, you know, those types of things. I, I actually kind of feel like we're finding this new path that is adult reading and children's reading. And, and I don't know that there's a podcast in this for the kids, but if you're in the audience, all adults, 
um, and you have children or you have children in your life, if you're a grandparent and you're thinking about what you want to read to your little one, maybe that's a place that my love for children's books is going to affect our readership. Um, so anyway, these are just some of my favorite titles, some of my favorite author illustrators. Um, the one is, is not a series, it's just because it's Matthew McConaughey, just because. Um, but the others are all in a long lineup of, of well-known author illustrators. Um, Tom Percival has an entire series, one of those is up there. I love Kobe Yamada, um, that's the book Maybe. He has a lot of wonderful children's book titles. Um, there's a brother um, pairing called the Fan Brothers. Uh, I think it's Eric and Chris uh, that has done an amazing series. They are author illustrators. And Big Tree is uh, Brian Sesnick, who has done lots of amazing books, one of which was The Invention of Hugo Cabret. So that was an early start for me on, on Brian Sesnick. So um, I had planned to read 23 books in 23. I have read 95. But that is because a lot of them are children's books. So Overachiever, Gold Award, all that stuff, it's only because I've, um, I've cheated. I took all the, <laughs> the, the short books. And this has led me back to children's books in a way that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. I've read a lot of children's books as, as well, and, are think, and I'm thinking about them in a very different way than maybe I, I, I once did. Next slide. Book people. You want to start there? So we figured we're going to be meeting people in the mix here somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure that we had any idea exactly what that was going to, to mean. And um, you know, we've talked a little bit about some people we've, we've met, uh, but I don't think we had any idea just where this was going to take us with people. The, the big one, of course, is John Waters. Is that the next slide? Mm -hmm. um, if you would ask me this time last year, what's your chances of interviewing John Waters? I would have said, uh, well, none. Right. Uh, but we interviewed John Waters. And um, it was a little scary going into that interview. He's a, he's a strange guy <laughs> and uh, didn't know what to expect. But he was very well behaved. Uh, he was very funny. He was, he was interesting and uh, enjoyed the interview with him uh, a, a lot. And, um, but we, we had the time we had. Yeah, we had 30 minutes scheduled with him. I was watching the clock, we were at 29 something. And he said, alrighty then, <laughs> and okay, interview is over. Uh, we were kind of hoping he might get interested in talking with us and go longer, but that didn't happen. But it, it was good. Really neat to do. So on the next one, um, talking about some more book people, and we'll maybe speed up a little bit to be able to get through everything, but I'll just say, short and sweet, that it's been authors, it's been publishers. Um, Annette Danik is in that picture from Penguin Random House, who is a personal friend of ours. We got to do a tour of the facility. Um, they are a major player here in our local area for publishing. Um, Heather Owings did an interview with us early on. She's a branch before man. You, before you leave Annette, um, an early yes. episode <laughs> was devoted to, to Annette and Random House. And then you met, mentioned Heather Owings. Yeah. Uh, an early episode was devoted to her as well. 
Exactly. Um, when I said tour the facility, that was part of the episode. You could actually hear the noise in the background of the machines running, which was really cool to see. So we've just met some fantastic people, authors, illustrators, publishers, um, and then our own library folks in the community. It's been a lot of fun. We were in the Washington Street Bookstore in Haver de Grace. Uh, a good bookstore, but the guy also has a lot of movie memorabilia. And it came up that we had interviewed John Waters, and he got very excited. He, he's been trying to connect to John Waters. He wants to get stuff of his. That was on uh, the previous slide. Oh, yeah, he's right. Got, um, Can you go back to the John Waters slide? There's a scratch and sniff. You see down the bottom there, that's, that's the owner. <laughs> that he had his movie memorabilia from one of the John Waters movies. So a John Waters movie, and his, his movies are, are strange. But uh, there was a, this scratch and sniff. There were certain, at certain points in the movie, you were supposed to scratch it and smell it. And not all the smells were, yeah, it wasn't rose petals right. all the time. But he, he was very, very happy showing us that he had this scratch and sniff from, from that movie. So if we go ahead um, to now to the next, because we've kind of gone over there. Yeah, I've already gushed about this. But um, Book People includes Battle of the Books People both children and adults. So this is from the, the night that we did the, um, the interview with the Reading Red Pandas, but also there are some uh, pictures there of the adult battle of the books after hours. Um, and so some highlights from that, we've gotten to interview winners from, from all of that. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful um, community event that happens here every year getting ready to get kicked off for 2024. I think there's already been some initial meetings about um, the books and the planning and how to form teams. And March and April are very busy where that is concerned. The after hours adult battles just wrapped up and I interviewed with Ted for one of those teams and you went to all three of the nights and interviewed the other teams. Yeah, so we, we have two interviews we haven't done Haven't anything done anything with, with yet, yeah. So that's that's been fun. So they're part of the book people. So that picture in the section. middle with the green in the back, that's the reading red red pandas that Lori was, was talking about. Yes. So next up, beyond the book. That's everything that isn't covered in the other sections. And that's been very interesting. It's the kind of part of what Andrea was going to about what we didn't expect to happen. That happened. Um, and there have been some, some interesting highlights. So um, I think first is yours, the next slide. Team Zaleski, my daughter Monica is one of the people who sends us pictures from um, bookstores around the country. Uh, she and her husband Ian do a lot of traveling and uh, they, they stop a lot of places. So uh, there, there are some bookstores that she sent us and also some uh, place that you know she and I stopped. And we've done two episodes with, with Monica. She's, mm -hmm. trying to remember now, she, She's the only, still the only person who's done two episodes. Yes, if you don't count, yeah, that doesn't count. I was going to say um, C.W. Garfield, but he was yours and then ours. Right. So, yeah, she's the only one that we've done two with. Yeah, uh, I guess that was it. Okay. <laughs> so the next one, same sort of story for me. Um, it's not just me going to bookstores. It started out as Ted and I, and then we just sort of expanded and, it's now part of what we do. And so I've been with friends, I've been with family members, 
Um, and, you know, the, the traveling that we've done to see these places is, is a lot more fun when you get to do it with people you love. And then um, here at Exploration Commons, that's one of the pictures I've already mentioned, but they've just become such a big part of what we do and definitely consider them friends. And the planning sessions and the talks that we have um, is all part of the beyond the book experience of doing the show. It's definitely about books, but just like I said earlier, um, it's not just two sides to the story. It's also not just about the books. It's this community that we are part of and we're so happy to do so. And uh, the people we're meeting are just fantastic. And I feel very privileged to do what we're doing. Okay, we're, we're almost an hour in and we're still in the first year. <laughs> no, we're gonna have to talk fast. <laughs> we already talked about book festivals. So we could probably go through that quickly. I think book festivals have become a bigger thing than we anticipated mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been to, to a lot, uh, some together. Uh, more recently, I've done a, a bunch on my own. I made a 500 mile trip in New Jersey. I visited um, three festivals, three bookstores, and two libraries. All in one day. Okay, so next one, two sides to the plate. This already came up, our cooking competition. Uh, this was just last week. I mean, it, it's fresh. It's I'm still glowing about it. We had such a good time. Um, I would love to see something like that happen again. Maybe we'll get to sit with a plate of food instead of being the ones cooking next time. Um, it's a beautiful space here. The commercial kitchen is amazing. The staff is incredible. Um, so again, it's not just about books. There are all of these other amazing things that are happening in our area. And on the table is my gold medal, just saying. <laughs> if you want to get a peek at it. Also, the top left picture there. <laughs> and, and if you Oops. want, you can uh, have pictures taken with Lori's medal for $5. <laughs> no charge. I'm just going to gloat. So the last one is actually kind of things out of order, but it's for a reason. Uh, one thing that we did this year outside of the book stuff is we built a little free library and we submitted it to the Peep Show which is a local marshmallow peep show um, at the Easter season and at the Carroll Arts Center. And it, again, it was around our original idea of let's do something with Little Free Library. So we made one and submitted it and it was, it was a good time. So I have that last because next up is season two. You have just heard part one of our season two kickoff episode. It was a rather lengthy evening. Uh, Ted and I talked quite a bit, so we have split this into two parts. Uh, the second part is about what's coming in season two. So if you want to stay tuned and roll right into the next one, we're wrapping up episode 48. Episode 49 will be the part two. And also just to let you know, we have a, a YouTube channel newly established with a full um, video recording um, of that night's programming. So hope you enjoyed this first part. The second one is coming up next. Thank you for listening. And enjoy your reading.